It's Sunday, or maybe it's not where you are. Who can say? My name's Ed Fortune, and you're listening to The Bookworm on FabRadioInternational.com, part of the Starburst Magazine's family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Fortune, and I'm here with... Producer Al. Hello. To be fair, we can't really say whether it's Sunday right now, because yesterday was a heck of a Saturday. If you're wondering where our co-host is, several of our co-hosts are currently unconscious following <laughs> a, a very uh, full and hectic day involving a comic convention, which we'll talk about shortly. But given that we seem to live in the studio. And, and several, several of them also um, happen to be on Fantasyland, including <laughs> Narnia and Atlantis. We're not joking. No. It's the sort of life that we do lead. Um, I believe Ninf is currently in Sunnydale. I, I, maybe. She's got, she's got lost again. Uh, she's turned to several corners and found herself in yet another fantasy world, um, which is just next door to where we live. Yes. So, uh, coming up on the show, I will be reviewing uh, the autobiography of James T. Kirk, talking about artifacts from fantasy lands. Yes. Um, uh, we, will, we also have a little bit of a treat for you. We were at Blackpool Comic Con yesterday. Uh, and we met up with a bunch of absolutely adorable authors and we had a panel first thing in the morning so there is a recording of that for you to enjoy Across the world 24 hours a day. This is Fab Radio International. So, in before I get on to the book review, I'm going to do a quick piece of news. Uh, we also cover news on the recording from the, the panel, so um, there, there's that. Uh, but before we get on to that, uh, we have a piece of news that, that we didn't know the results of at the time when we recorded the panel. Uh, that's because it happened late yesterday. Um, Starburst's The Bookworm Podcast has not... I repeat, has not won the first UK podcast award. We were beaten quite soundly, I understand, by 2000 AD. Congratulations, however, to Starburst Magazine, the Starburst Magazine podcast, that did win Best Film and TV podcast. So, well done them. And also, thank you to all of you who listened to the show, who voted for us. Um, Thank you very much. We really appreciate it. Um, We did feel genuinely loved that we got nominated. I know it's a cliche to say it's an honour just to be nominated, but seriously, it's an honour just to be nominated. It would have been better to have won. Um, it would have been better to have won. But there are a whole host of absolutely brilliant uh, book podcasts that we you know, that we beat to get to that nomination. I have a feeling we might have... If, if they'd had a literature... Yeah, yeah, category, yeah, yeah. I yeah. suspect we would have fared maybe a little bit better. But... Um, uh, it was a it was, it was an interesting do was the UK Podcast Awards. Yes, um, a very interesting do. It was very very much more. Hmm. <laughs> how, how do we put this? Very much more um, business focused than arts focused. Uh, and yes, we are an arts. You know, we're essentially we're an arts and culture podcast. And interestingly, all the five radio shows that were up, which was the Gay Agenda, uh, the the Bookworm Podcast, and Starburst, we are all arts and culture. 
essentially because we are all about embracing the alternative uh, and the the actual alternative rather than you know embrace the business plan uh, but you know it was great to uh, thanks to the lovely people um, who organised it uh, great crowd great evening had an absolutely cracking time so shall I get on with the book review yes so uh, this is the autobiography of James T Kirk I'm sorry the autobiography of mm. James T. Kirk, obviously Paul pulled out of a time warp from from the future. Yes. In my hands, it's uh, it's got these lovely plates of a young Captain Kirk. There he is. I know this is great radio, but there he is. <laughs> uh, there's, there's a picture of a very young looking <laughs> looking Captain Kirk, just as he graduated the Starfleet Academy. Uh, it's it's absolutely not a photoshopped. Um, Let me have a look at that picture again. It's not a photoshopped William Shatner um, screen sh- headshot for, for when he was a younger actor. Shouldn't, shouldn't, it be a, shouldn't it be a photoshopped one that's a mix of him and the guy who plays him in the new films? Or? Interesting point. Uh, no. Oh. Uh, this is absolutely 100% pre the time reboot from the movies. Right. And the reason for that, of course, is that... Ha- well, hang on, hang on, hang on. If the movies are a time reboot... How come older Spock is in it? Okay. Okay. Slash Leonard Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy is in it. It's an important plot point for the movie itself. Yeah. He's the only person who... He travels back in time at the same time that the guy who travels back in time to to change the timeline does. So he becomes an artefact of a changed timeline. So he's a creature out of time. That's kind of one of the important plot points of the movie. Okay. It also has nothing to do with this big movie. Okay, sorry. Uh, so absolutely, absolutely lovely and adorable plates, uh, including... Let me say that's a good picture. In, in, in this is fantastic radio. Including a picture of Jim T. Kirk with Edith Keeler. Ooh. Or as you know, Joan Collins. Mm. From that classic episode, obviously, The City of the Edge of, or, or, edge of Forever. Uh, and also, of course, James Kirk's One True Love. Which is interesting. Himself? You, you, you turn the page, and there's a picture of his wife and his son. Uh, that that would be Dr. Carol Marcus. One of the things we get in this review is that we get very much the feeling that Edith Keeler was his one true love, not his actual wife, which probably explains the divorce later on. Mm. Um, so this is this is a pre-movie reboot, and the reason they've done a pre-movie reboot is so they have a full life story. Because up to the point... Cause Kirk dies in the movies. Spoiler. What? Kirk dies in the movies. He what? dies in generations. What? He disappears. Mysteriously. <gasps> Bridge on the captain. So, so we get that. So we have a full life cycle of the character, and so if you did the movie reboot, it'd be like it would go up to the second movie and then stop. So that'd be a bit rubbish. So, how does this work? Because obviously, Jim C. Kirk is a fictional character played by by William Shatner and other actors later. Um. How how does this work as an idea? Well, it covers the start of his career. So f- actually, it starts just before he gets born, because he talks about his dad and his mum on the spaceship uh, before he gets born and their lives for a few pages. Then he gets into the nitty gritty of you know his life and being raised essentially on a farm and having a fairly idyllic Starfleet life. You know, fairly fairly good good innings. Uh, then we get a whole bunch of stuff that explains his career. That goes on for quite a bit, actually. There's a bunch of talk in the book. Explains before he gets on the Enterprise. And uh, uh, what the author, David Goodman, has done is he's sat down and he's kind of forensically gone through the TV series and forensically gone through stuff that's been said in the past because Kirk has talked about his career like on the show and in the movies. So, you know, we get... 
We get stuff like his relationship with Captain Garavik, uh how he went from you know ensign to first officer, how you know his time on the Farragut, which is the ship, which went horribly wrong. It's a great bit of the book, actually, a great bit of the story. So we get all of the fine details. This is an actual autobiography. The fun thing about reading it, it's fictional autobiography. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The fun thing about reading it is that you can't read it. Not in Chatner's voice. <laughs> no, I imagine you can't. And you get like, you get like twenty pages in, and then suddenly the chat just you know kicks in. <laughs> do you think he'll do the audio book? Oh, I I want him to. I so <laughs> want him to. That would be amazing. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, um, the, the, are, there is a footnote by Nimoy. By sorry, not not by Nimoy by Spock. What? There's a footnote by Spock what? at the end. How long is the footnote? Uh, it's only a few pages, but it's it's a footnote by by Spock at the end, who you know to to kind of cap off the man's life story because yeah. this has been written by him, and then obviously he went on the adventures and generations and disappeared and disappeared. So someone would have had to have published it, and obviously yeah. that would have been his best friend Spock. Yeah, he would have gone, "Oh, this is his autobiography. I, I will I will edit it for spelling <laughs> 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 and logic." Uh, <laughs> oh dear! Uh, he describes the uh, Kirk's logic as unique. In the footnotes, which is lovely. Um, what we get a lot of as well is we get a lot of personal perspectives from the series. So in a way, it's a series guide. Mm-hmm. If you've seen the original series, and if not, why haven't you? Uh, if you've seen the original series, we kind of get a blow-by-blow blow as to what's going on all the way through. And so is it like the Captain's Log a little bit in places? It is, in fact. I have I've read the Captain's Log. Stardate, some random string of numbers. Um, it, there is... That actually kind of does... Kind of, it breaks up the book by he, he doesn't he doesn't actually use the star dates because they'd be cheesy, but you know they are dates in here when he's talking about various times, um and and various bits and pieces and obviously <laughs> Spock who's he's, he's edited this puts footnotes in going this happened then and this happened there so if you're a massive Trekkie mm-hmm. or Trekker or whatever they're calling themselves this Tuesday, um then you get the. You know, you, you kind of you can you can slot it in. It's very well researched and very well put together. Um, you you get stuff like I mean, personally for me because City City at the Edge of Forever is such an important episode in the in the show and such a personal episode as well for for Kirk. A lot of it kind of revolves around that particular plot point mm-hmm. and that story. So if you don't know that if you don't know that episode, the uh, dude uh, or dudette, you know. Uh, whatever um seriously you should you should go and, and and if you have not watched star trek you probably won't get that much out of this uh, certainly it's a bad introduction to star trek because these are people's personal points of view about what happened with the yeah i imagine it requires quite a lot of knowledge of the world quite so, a lot his response to dealing having to deal with a whole lot of triples is quite funny uh, but we also get stuff like, you know, his relationship with his son, David, which obviously is an important plot point in the Wrath of Khan. Mm-hmm. Um, his relationship with McCoy and Spock, because they are the great friends, they are the great chums yes. uh, of the show, and his relationship with Bones, and an explanation as to why Bones is called Bones, which is quite amusing, and not my, maybe not what you would expect if you're uh, a certain sort of fan, is um, in there as well. They are, in, in this... It's uh, Goodman has written this in a slightly dramatic style, and it helps that Shatner, Shatner and Kirk are slightly, are slightly dramatic people, or quite dramatic people. 
So, you know, it feels perfectly natural for when Kirk is trapped in a in, in a Jeffrey's tube and, and uh, you know, an alien voice goes, you will die here. You can like, I oh, know I can imagine Kirk, uh, I can imagine Kirk writing it that way. I can imagine him writing it like drama. Mm. It reads like drama and it works as drama and it's fun as drama. Mm-hmm. But it's also, you know, he's got an incredible memory, this bloke. <laughs> you know, in, in some bits of word for word, <laughs> well, maybe it's like um, who was that politician who used to write all the diaries? There was a politician in Britain who used to write all the diaries. There's possibly more than one, and then over the years he's made them into like autobiographies. And at times he literally has the conversation because he wrote it down as soon as it happened. Uh, yeah, I know who you mean. Actually, uh, he was Fatsy's right hand man. Yes, and none of us, neither of us, neither of us can remember the name of the guy, but we all know who you mean. I've been in 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 the the vast uh, Bookworm uh, Library. Uh, on the left side of the L space continuum, <laughs> I think we, I think it's on one or two of his books are on the political shelves. But um, but, um, but we, we shouldn't talk too much about the L space library. Don't encourage it. Don't encourage it. The fortune, fortune books. Um, yes, so it's very personal as you'd expect an autobiography to to, to be. It's also quite funny. Um, there are some sharply witty moments. Uh, if you're familiar with. Um, I believe it's the undiscovered country where they take the Enterprise to go and find God. There is a that's dealt with in a very specific way, in a very particular way, in a very particularly sarcastic way, and it's funny and it fits in with the feeling of the rest of the book. Certain elements and certain events have been um, not so much changed, mm-hmm. but have from point of view perspective they've gone through through Kirk's brain filter they've gone through Kirk's brain filter and also Goodman's sense of humour isn't that kind of the point of autobiographies though is that you're giving your view on what happened which might be very very different to what was perceived at the time well there's also bits where clearly the author's gone well that episode uh, that episode of that movie was complete rubbish Uh, (laughs) here was a way here was a way of keeping the tone and the feel of the book but without you know, ruining the rest of the book simply because this particular story is ridiculous. So, so that works as well. Um, but it doesn't terribly rewrite the canon. It it works very well with the canon. It becomes very much part of the canon. This is a labour of love. I'm just I, I keep flipping through it, and you know, there's a there's a bit where they there's a bit where they go to you know who has birthday party and stuff like that. It's talking, you know, just talking about their lives. Um, as uh, you know, as members of, of of the Star Trek crew, it feels it really more so than the the Star Trek fleet manu- manuals, and you know you can you can buy a whole map for the for the spaceship and this sort of thing. More so than any of that, it feels like an artifact from this world. Mm. Um, should you read it if you're a Trekkie? Yes. If you're not a Trekkie, buy it for a Trekkie. Basically, but it's a good stocking filler for Trekkies. the world the real alternative fab radio international.com this is the king of arm bars at the sack junior my name is Devin steen hey what's up this is matt striker it's the psycho shooter himself drake younger ladies and gentlemen this is adam cole and you're listening to the sunday falsehood 
something to share want to get your message heard fab radio international can help you reach the right audience with our range of targeted advertising and sponsorship packages find out more by clicking the advertise link on fabradiointernational.com and get in touch today this is fab radio international and this is us at the very start of the day at Blackpool Comic Con. Uh, we'd like to apologise for the quality of the sound file. We have done our best to make it as clear as possible. Um, but yes, enjoy. This is Fab Radio International. So, welcome. We are uh, the bookworm on fabradiointernational.com. Yes, I believe you have to say it that way. Uh, we are in association with Stop This Magazine. I'm Austin Chambers, I'm an author of horror and urban fantasy based in Lancaster, and I'm the creator of Sam Spellucci, the uh, hard-done-to-investigator of the paranormal. I'm so glad to hear you say it out loud, I've always read it, and never knew how to pronounce his name, <laughs> Spellucci, I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm J.S. Collier, science fiction writer, author of Zero and the Orbit series. I'm Natalie Gosney, author of The Wolfborn Saga, it's a supernatural horror Yeah, 
got to, to sorry, I'm going to tell you all of the answers. Holland's budget was really surprised that Chip Scrum was booked to number one in Steam there for the next 20 years. Surprised, though. No, that's <laughs> surprised. I don't think Mr. Mr. Larson had a chance, really, did he? But I, I'm not, I'm not, I think it's a good thing as well. And it's interesting, actually, because a lot of people were like, oh, we'll see, we'll see, we'll do better than Teddy Crouch. And other people were like, oh, I don't know. No, no. Yeah. Not a chance. Not a chance. I love them, rugby nighting for years, generations of fans. And it's not on the list of the news items we've done, but there's another news item on a group, Child Time, and it's Stolls Aftermath. Uh, oh yeah, this is exciting. Um, so, Soul of the came out during the Force Way. Mm-hmm. And a big pile of books, a big pile of tat you can buy the Soul Wars, including the Soul Wars book. They must have made so much money. Now, that told you, I, I didn't do more copy building. I had like a whole thing, I had a whole lot of work behind, a whole negotiation of what I was going to do there. But um, the, the book came out, the books, the first book of the new Soul Wars okay. series that tells you. Um, what happened after you turned the dinner? Oh! Uh, spoilers, they are not jarring Ewoks. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I was expecting like these four pages of Ewoks were going on fire. Uh, and, oh. <laughs> There's a few Ewoks here today, apparently. They are. Yeah, I, I, yeah, saw I, I, I saw them. 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 Uh, but there was some controversy over it. Yeah, well, I've been very excited about this. I've followed Chuck Wendig for a long time. Not actually read any of his books, but I followed his blog. He's got an amazing blog about self-published writing. And it's just the most amazing way of phrasing stuff. And he's got endlessly good advice. And then I saw Chuck Wendig, Star Wars Aftermath, and I was like, what, has he written in the fan fiction or something? And looked into it, and no, he's been, he got the gig to do the new canon of the Star Wars. And I'm a massive fan of the originals. I got read, watched the original trilogy, and then I read all of the Star Wars novels that were around at the time, and I loved it. Apparently people like me aren't supposed to like the fact that there's a new boy in town and a new universe. So there's been a lot of controversy about it. Some people are angling the controversy that people don't like the fact that there are strong women and gay characters in it. I don't think that people should, I don't think, I think that's putting it mad a bad spin on it, but I think fans of the original are so invested in the original, they don't like it. It's like when the new Star Trek movies came out. However, as a fan of the original, I'm really excited, so I just look at it as more of a good thing. I'm really shocked for Chuck Wendig that he got this game. It's just amazing. I think it's a really sensitive fans. I think you've got two sets of fans of similar mindsets. You've got the fans who, when they were don't like the fact that their books are somehow invalidating the last complete nonsense. It is. Because, you know, no no story is more valid than non reader story. And it's not like they've taken the books away, it's not like they're sucking them out of your memory or taking them off your shelves. You've still always got them. I'm bored to do that again. Maybe you don't want to change your mind. But the other thing is that, as I say, it's got a couple. It's got a couple of the best people. They're just there, and they just put them around in the 18, and they're about 18, and they're really lovely, and they turn up, and they kind of, you know, they give you those cup of tea. And you've got um, Sinji, who is in my head. He's kind of. I haven't read it yet, by the way, so don't give away too much. It's on my list of things to buy this month. He's basically Alan Rickman. He's an Alan Rickman style. Or one of the top characters. And there's one line where 
goes, hey, maybe he goes, no. <laughs> you're not my type. So, I mean, you realize he kind of created something else that he's had in the open to more alignment. Yeah. But he realized, basically, he's had a hands away the man at this moment. So it's a good thing, though, isn't it? Because it's just real. Like, I, I never had any problem that there was never any diversity, like, sexual diversity in the original Star Wars. That's not what it's about, you know. It's, it's cowboy things in space. It doesn't need an agenda. But the fact that there's a couple of characters in there that happen to be sexually diverse, that's just real life, isn't it? So you've got an entire universe full of people. Someone's going to be gay. <laughs> Might as well make it the body. That's the best kind. They're the best characters. This is the body. I'm not sure. He's a she has a journey, even better. Um, uh, so, so, changing the topic entirely, talking about diversity and inclusion, how's he doing work on Drake's day, which makes me very happy for the bear. It's pretty a polar bear, I'd be cold. It's just hardly lovely that time of year. It's hardly the one month in Helsinki and Finland when it's warm. Wow, I was quite happy when I saw this though. I thought of you straight away because you've been saying it for ages, haven't you? Like, you I, I'm sure the last show I did, you were like, get it out of America, get it out of America. It has to. The only way the heroes in America was alive, the time to which it was alive about the heroes, it was really, really sad. If it sends a bird balance, which it's always a bit danger of. Do you think the heroes are perhaps under all this? It was a dense and nice environment. I think I can't let everyone. Lost, lose credibility. Yeah, it'll become this lost a lot. Of I energy. wanted one. What, you know, yes, <laughs> I need my main character Hugo. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> I put it. I'll use it as a book. Book end. It's fine. Okay, let's get two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we we very badly campaigned to uh, get on the best fan cast award, and I say that very badly. We kind of laughed at it and pointed at it. It's like that. Award-seeking radio. Not Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> yeah, I was gutted I missed that because I've, I've written a werewolf story actually based in Lancaster. And I thought, oh, I have a great great go. Oh no, I'm pre booked somewhere else. So oh, I missed that. It was a real shame. Set up just I know, it just set up for me. Still, 
There's a lot of artistic licensing in films, isn't there? Like, they can jazz it up a bit. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. It, it, I mean, it's only a Chinese production as well, because the Chinese were functioning in Western movies quite substantially. Iron Man, weirdly, Iron Man 3 has an entire scene that we've not seen for the Chinese market. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you see the Chinese version, which I have for a couple of years, if you see the Chinese version, uh, a relatively well known Chinese actor turns up to meet Tony Stark and says, yeah. Hey, I hear that you've got a heart problem. I'm a famous heart surgeon. And he goes, Oh, yes, I will use this brand of, of Chinese. Uh, <laughs> Chinese <movie. laughs> when the time comes, and then at the end of the movie, when he has his heart surgeon, yeah. But to be fair, America, especially kind of that form of American film, uh, have so much product placement oh, in them. They're only one step away from kind of that Truman Show thing of like. I use this laundry powder because of blah, 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 blah. so that's just that's ultimately just one step away I think from what a lot of films already do I'm watching um, oh the Kevin Spacey one um, House of Cards that's the one House of Cards so much uh, and there <laughs> so is much back product placement of that again there, there was a scene with them just having breakfast and they actually put the boxes down in shot <laughs> And sort of like, then he got another camera angle of the milk. <laughs> and they went back to the box, the box, and then back to the milk again. And then they put it back in the fridge. I... And then the story behind the massive box where these magazines were like, oh, this looks really good. I'll buy the book. And they buy the book and they realise it's about yeah. the UK. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a TV series as well, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. It's absolutely amazing. Oh, fantastic. Um, but the thing is, the reason there's a clear thing, which is the sequel to mm-hmm. the Cards, um, spoilers. The first week ends in a very abrupt way. Yes. And surprisingly, the author, the author, when he sees comes out, he's like, why not And he's like, well, I can't. Yeah. So you can ignore the ending. Right. <laughs> so the, the next two books just ignore the ending. There's no way to do it. So the, the Terminator version of writing books then. We're going to ignore the cup from Princess Bride. Did anyone else know this when they were watching it? Oh, Claire Underwood. Buttercup from Princess Bride. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah, I know. That's oh, awesome. It's Robin White. Who was also Jenny in Forrest Gump, which I didn't realise at the time. Yeah. Well, she was Sean Penn's <laughs> wife for a while, wasn't she? Was she? Yeah, because she used to be Robin Wright Penn. As you wish, right he Penn? said. No, that's a Yeah, Buttercup is Claire Underwood. Yeah, but She's I'm a badass. I'm a joke. What? I'm a species character now saying, as you wish. As you wish. And it doesn't matter. You know, there's an entire separate show about things like as you mentioned, always all the code words for, for love in media. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. What you accept now? Keeping us on track as always. I've been waiting for that for a while. Do you know what the most wonderful words are in the movie? It's stupid in the world. You might get more around this house. Not house, but high fashion. To have a big party. And uh, because he didn't get the official hero um, awards, he said that someone who won him did just get the hood ornaments from that were rocket shaped from cars and just handed them out to people who thought she was good. I said, Yeah. Uh, the normal award, this is why you're getting nominated for a hero award. 
most people in the market for that is speaking all the way by it and get this corner and the one in London was amazing because it had like the start of the video on Facebook and they were like, oh yeah, I don't know that one. I'd have been disappointed if this one wasn't red when it themed. George R. Martin was hosting it. Uh, there's also a wall. Halfway through, it doesn't quite end, and it's like, I'll deal with it. She's been tending to a zombie. I mean, not that surely, obviously. What, George R. R. Martin? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's sort of an extra zombie. What is he? Yeah. So we can carry on writing Son of Ice and Fire forever. Yes, well, apparently that is the guy because he's at signing. And he's like, could I eventually? It's the fact that also his entourage are also zombies. Because they're not extras, they're bad men. It's not just the, the, the bad men, it's like, because he's got like a PA and, uh, and, and a bunch of other people who are like there. Um, he's got like a whole team behind these days because he's going forward to and he's going to plan. And they've all been taken to zombies for this fear as well. That's just unfair. <laughs> that, that's workplace injury, guys. So I want to read the next piece of news. Um, I'm going to directly quote what, what, what I have It's a week to go before the Man Booker Prize shortlist is announced. Sadly, the long list is really boring. The shortlist will be just as boring, but shorter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It really is. Yeah. So it was late when I was writing these notes. Considering all, like, and I, I think also though, we have been slightly, um, we, we've been spoiled by the drama of other recent book-related awards. It's just like, oh, well, this one's nothing. This is a nice one where people have voted. Oh, the nominations are uh, uninspiring as well. Um, <laughs> Was there a Not the Booker Awards as well? Wasn't that a thing? Uh, probably just a Not the Booker Awards. Someone I know got, I don't know if he won, but he got nominated. Ollie Langmead for Dark Star, who wrote an epic poem. Poems! Cool. Again! Um, I wonder if it was about Kelpies. Possibly. There's a whole thing that's coming about Kelpies now. Because I've got those two enormous Kelpie statues. What about the Silkies? Oh. Are they Irish? I think they're Scottish. Oh, they're Silkies. So maybe I might have They could be Scottish. I'm pretty sure Silkies they're chickens. Oh, you get oh, silky well. chickens. <laughs> you know, the they're not possessed or anything, they're just chickens. I want to say that they're like, are they seal based? They're seals, yeah. and they turn into women or men and drag people away. I now have this bizarre image of a very fluffy seal which has got. For like a beak and pecks things <laughs> and eats slugs in your garden but then it turns into a beautiful woman and still peck you with its beak and eats slugs in your garden I, I'm just traumatised now this is terrible chicken seal <laughs> I, I like the fact that also in the, the kind of mythos of monsters you've got the knuckle army which is essentially a rotten horse which is nasty but you also have a warehouse and I love the idea of a warehouse yeah have you got a warehouse in your book? I, I, <laughs> I have skinwalkers. They can turn into anything if they wear the pelt of it. So if they had the skin of a horse, in theory, yeah, they could be. Well, like a rotting warehouse. A rotting horse. <laughs> 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 well, I'm not sure. <laughs> the memory says these are like headpacked husbands. And the slug shooting is turning horses. And then they spontaneously turn backwards and forwards with the horses depending on how headpacked they are. So they get really knacked and they turn into that. There's, there's, the kind of, the kind of, there's, there's a whole thing. 
bad about it. I just love the idea of like, oh, I'm sick of being told off, I'm just going to turn a brothels. <laughs> Go for it, Gavin. Uh, Amazon points, this is not a joke. Amazon points, director of social responsibility. Stress. I feel like we've not talked about Amazon for a bit. Oh, well, we've still, um, regular listeners, if you've just tuned in, but uh, we are still doing Amazon and his shedding love competition interviews. <laughs> we've still not let yet received one that we can actually broadcast. Uh, unfortunately. Um, oh my goodness, people are actually drifting in. I think you <laughs> oh, I don't think we'll be able to find our way back <laughs> this box. It's okay, there's a bar there. There is a yeah, there So, at this moment, we do cafe. This is the Book uh, World Live podcast where we talk about the books of the world of genre. Uh, so, if you've come in waiting and willing to catch the Game of Thrones plot out early, that's on next. This is the sort of thing we never normally do on the radio show. We're not here to see Game of Thrones, they're here to see us. <laughs> Can we dress Obama up as the Crimson King and reenact the final scene from the Dark Tower? I think that'd make it more interesting. Put him, put him up in a great big tower, just throw him medals. Because that's effectively what the end of the book was. It was I'm a snowball fight between Roland the Shane. Just started and, reading Dark Tower. Oh, oh and Father <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> it's on my list. Everything's on the list. I love the idea of an epic book that you've got, like, because it's like three million words, isn't it? Yeah. Good Christ. <laughs> I think it's time about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I was saying. Well, I've forgotten by the time yeah. I'm at the end then. Carry the, on. The idea that the, the US government in a highest award for, for artists is sort of like kind of BMW being like, you're our favourite pedestrian. Like, America is its famous for just not particularly giving one about the arts in terms mm. of funding and anything like that. So, yeah, I. It is good, but at the same time, I, I, I think unfortunately it, it, it should be a massive thing, but mm. it's not because of their feeling towards it at other times. Yeah. Can't imagine David Cameron handing around medals for. Well, you could just hand out a knighthood instead. That would be good. Knighthood's good. The senior king's not going to get a knighthood because he's not um, no. British. No. So, this is the Talk about where we actually get all of the guests to, to show up and talk about themselves. Yeah. So, um, and, uh, we, we will jump in and ask you stupid questions. So, uh, who would like to go first? They're all pointing at me. Lead by example. So, you are your regular convention scenes. Oh, yeah, you've seen me around with quite a few things, haven't you? So, um, tell us all why should I buy a Sorry? Why should I buy a book? Why should I buy a book? Because it's fun. Um, like I said earlier, it's sort of like um, urban fantasy, but it's urban fantasy meets film noir. So you've got that hard-boiled first-person monologue going on all the way through it. And there's sort of like black humour in there as well. I, I like to have serious bits in the book, but not take it too seriously, because that would be rather dull, and I'd be falling asleep by the time I'm writing it. So a little bit of humour in there, a little bit of light things. Work in a nice, expanded universe as well. Lots of characters to draw in. I'm very, like, character-based um, stories. 
And Sam, my Sam Smoochie, who lives and works in my alternate version of Lancaster, on the first week in his job, in casebook of Sam Smoochie, he ends up being adopted by satanic sitcom actors, babysitter a newborn vampire which is dressed as Spock, and again chased around a local petting zoo by a homicidal werewolf. Whereas my first job, all I had to worry about was a flushing toilet. Um, so, yeah, hopefully that draws people in. I'm on to the third book in the series is going to be published, hopefully for Christmas, if I put my finger out. Got some short story collections of expanded universe and standalones. And they're being favourably received. So if people keep reading them, I'll keep writing them. Um, oh, your turn. <laughs> I have forgotten the entire English language. Uh, um, that's, that's handy for a writer. Yes, yeah. um, yeah, so I write science fiction. My first novel, Zero, was published last year. I've had a few um, short stories out um, before then. Um, the Orbit series, which is my first adventure into novel writing. Um, it's very plot-driven. Um, people who like general fiction as well as science fiction have enjoyed it so far. Um, it's uh, set in the not-too-distant future of our own reality, where people have expanded to live in cities on the moon and in, uh, because of the pollution and the overpopulation. And it's about one guy who, um, who knew his place in the scheme of things. He was an officer in the, um, in the establishment, the military establishment that controls everything. He was an officer. He made a decision which got him um, dishonorably discharged, but caught the notice of someone who was in charge of the Black Ops program and put in charge of this underground undercover vessel and um, in charge of this ragtag crew. Um, and during the course of their work, they uncover all these wonderful conspiracies and, and uncover all these things that threaten the lives of millions and they have to save the day, even though they all argue all the time. It, it's, it's good, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> Is it me now? <laughs> oh, it's called Zero. Oh, Did well, I say that? Yeah. <laughs> Possibly. Yes. yes, maybe. You definitely said it was in the orbit series. Yeah. <laughs> and the sequel Haven's out in October. 24th, yeah. 24th of October, yeah. Thank you, Nat. And we're having the launch doing Lancaster, oh, aren't yeah. we? Oh, yeah, we all need to talk about that. Yeah. Um, 7th of November, Lancaster, the Gregson Centre. We're having Out of This World Fiction Fest, which will have um, Austin and myself and other local authors selling their books. There's also going to be artists there selling prints and a comic book stall as well. So it's a, it'll be free entry, 12 till 4 on the 7th of November, and I'll be launching Haven at that event. Um, it promises to be very good. Lots of people seem to be very excited about it. So that's good. Sorry, Matt. That's fine. Okay. Okay, I'm the author of The Wolfborn Saga. It's, um, it's a four-book saga, but there are also some prequels which are from the Wolfborn Origins. So they're sort of shorter books based in the same world. There's the first two books out already. Wolfborn is the first one, and Wolf Witch. Um, Wolf Blade will be out early next year, and then the last one, Wolf Bane, will be out towards the end of. Okay, sorry. <laughs> towards the end of next year. Um, there is a prequel called Backwas, which is due out. Sorry. Uh, there's a prequel called Backwas, which is due out in a couple of months. And it's in the editing stage at the moment, so there's not a date that's set yet, but I'm anticipating it should be out before the end of November. Um, and the whole series is based on the world of Native American legends, so the main characters are werewolves. Uh, caters for people who like both types of werewolves, the ones that change into wolves and the ones that like the big beasts because they do both. They change into wolves at will, but once when it's the full moon they also turn into the big mindless beasts that rip people apart. So. <laughs> 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 but you get people that like both camps, so I thought, well, I'll, I'll cater for both. 
Um, and um, the Navajo skinwalkers play a part, but they're sort of separate to the werewolves. They, they come up against the skinwalkers. Skinwalkers wear pelts of creatures I mentioned earlier. They change into anything that they like, and they're generally not very nice. They're dark, magic, tribal, you know, skulls, corpses, and all the rest of it. So they're, they're not great. Um, so um, there's also the second book, Wolf, which has a Wendigo in it, which is a big, I don't know if you know what it is. It's Wendigo. Wendigo. Yeah, they eat people's spirits. It's sort of a big deer type of monster thing that eats people. Um, so it's a supernatural horror series. The main two characters are, um, well, Carly is the, you meet her first. She gets turned into a werewolf, and that's where it all starts. And she meets Kyle, who's... Uh, part of a werewolf pack and he introduces her to this whole world that she never knew about before um, but there's lots of um, her suspecting that there might be a traitor she's got to figure out what's going on and there's a lot of gore as well because it's obviously a supernatural <laughs> horror yeah <laughs> sounds like a lot of fun I've found on Kelly Armstrong books so that's See, I've never read them. I watched the series because people kept saying, oh, you have werewolves and your main character is a woman. Is it anything like Kelly Armstrong? And I was like, well, I don't know. <laughs> this stuff. I try and avoid reading other werewolf stuff because I don't want to be influenced. I like to have my own, my own, take, on, my own take on things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I did watch the series once it came out and I was like, hmm, okay, so I'm not actually particularly like my series. We interviewed myself and just on the, uh, the guy who plays the main werewolf in the TV series. Um, and halfway through... For reasons that I will not go into, he had to put on a pair of camera glasses. So all the okay. photos of him are, we've got this photos of this gorgeous man looking like a complete dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are about to run out of time, and uh, Mark, we're not going to bring you to the It's an I don't want to get the Game of Thrones people angry though. Can I just say one more thing? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I just want to plug my wonderful Hunters kit that we're making because it's not just um, a book series, it's also a franchise, and we're going to have um, a role playing book and a graphic novel out soon. But what I'm developing at the moment is a Hunters kit. There's only going to be 10 in existence. One of which I'm keeping, one of which I'm going to give to a media for competition, and the other eight are going to be going up for auction. And they're going to have handwritten um, leather journals, and so there's only ever going to be ten, and I'm going to handwrite them myself, as if it's a hunter that's written them. And there's also other things in there, like um, uh, a werewolf lighter knife as well, little bottles of, well, it's meant to be wolf's, uh, wolfsbane in it, it's not actually because of poison. <laughs> it's meant to be, use your imagination, werewolf blood, and um, there is going to be a silver, well, I, I mean, they're, they're made up, I just have to write the journals, but the boxes are already made, silver bullet pendants, and um, what else is in there? Oh, a little vial which has got, looks like it's silver dust, and it's actually a USB stick in the cork, and that's got my books on it. <laughs> and anybody who buys these, which I'll say will be at auction, will also have a code to access a special section of my website that only these people will access, and there'll be special content just for them, and for the duration of them owning the box, they will be able to download my books, e-books, as they come out. Wow, that's, that's, that's brilliant. Yeah, that's really good. So I just... I had to get that out there. That's absolutely amazing. How do you get, when will they be going on auction? Well, well, as soon as I've written the journals, basically, as they're handwritten and I want each one to be pretty much identical, then I have to do it really painstakingly. I'm going to have to write it out and then trace it onto tracing paper and put them on so that each page looks the same. 
But the last page is going to say something like, this is, I bequeath it to you, um, I'm leaving it to, and if they want it personalised, I can put the person's name on it who owns it, or they can just leave it blank, it can just be, I leave, will I leave be this to you. Will through your website, will it? It will be, yeah, I'm through my Facebook page. My website, guys, is www.wolfborn.co.uk, so it's really easy to remember. It's <laughs> great when you also want to bequeath it to your family. It comes with a certificate of authenticity which has a code which will allow people to access the website part. But if they sell it, if they want to sell it to somebody else, then the new person can use that code and they'll get a password. So the old password for the last person will be I'm revoked. Agreeing it, yeah, revoked. Yeah. I'm going to get the idea certificate of authenticity. Genuinely guaranteed by I'm reminded of this amazing character from the old Will Dodds books called Samuel Hate was a werewolf serial killer and he was he, was, he got really silly towards the end because they kept giving him superpowers and that kind of spoiled it but at the start he was just this bloke with a knife uh, and he was like proper like, creepy you know you're like ah oh, you people have had your first change I'll look after you have your coming to and he was like yeah and then they got silly because the fans wanted more superpowers and he, you know, he'd fly and do magic <laughs> but at the start he was like proper Hannibal Lecter style for werewolves, and you're just like, that's because that's a serial killer who hunts monsters. Mm. So, in some stories, he'd be a hero, but he's mm-hmm. not. He's yeah. in, my, in my series, the hunters are all we've got a screw loose, they're the kind of person who could kind of grab kitchen utensils and fling them together and make a crossbow out of spatulas and things. You know? <laughs> <laughs> You've got to have a, a bit of, a, a, bit of a, a screw loose to be a, a, a hunter, really, got to be running after beasts and things. Most people would run away screaming, so yeah, they're a little bit. Not, not quite so. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I think uh, we're going to have to start moving away. So, we'll start at the top. What are you looking forward to at Blackpool Comic Con today? Oh, meeting lots of interesting people. That's the best thing about the Comic Con. Yeah, you get to oh, meet yeah. people. They're just so cool. It's... Everybody loves it too. It's wonderful to come to an event where everybody loves the fact that they're there and yeah. loves everything that's there. Oh, and Richard Martin. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Getting my photo taken with Richard Martin. I might just sort of shout hello if he walks past. I haven't got a photo, but <laughs> if I see him, I'll be like, hi! You know, who are you? <laughs> so, okay, just say hi. For me, uh, I think I'm most excited about uh, Again, it's just the people and the sites and the culture of it. I think it's, it's a different place to be. I mean, we're saying that from all the man's rooms, maybe like It's like being in a castle. Yeah. It's just amazing. Did you see the Spanish galleon? Galleon. The Spanish galleon. That's like, yeah, a section of the yeah. building is like a ship. Yeah, it's very it, cool. It's a fantastic venue. As always, if you've been to Blackwood Comic Con or you want to talk about it to us about the show, we are at Radio Big Web. We are on Twitter, that's Radio Big Web. We are on Facebook as forward slash Radio Big Web. We are on Mixcloud as Radio Big Web. We are on iTunes as an YouTube and new content for student members. Um, and we are also on the Star Wars Magazine website. This has been a very alarming guest on the cause of the miners was getting those into a late and then they served videos. Social media links, uh, everything for my links are on my website, www.aschambers.co.uk, and that's the best place to go. Um, I have WordPress, J Collier, that's Collier, C O W L Y E R. WordPress.com, I'm on Facebook, facebook.com slash JS Collier. 
I'm also on Twitter as Jex Shinigami, uh, but you're probably better finding me through the Facebook because I, oh, I don't have time to spell it. <laughs> um, I've already said mine. It's www. I can't even speak. www.wolfborn.co.uk or on Twitter it's Wolfborn Saga, and on Facebook it's facebook.com forward slash WB Saga. And I'm N. Gosney, Natalie Gosney. If you have been listening or staring at me comprehensively, to start listening to the Grown Podcast. And my name is Ed Fortune, and my name is Simon Lloyd. And I'm Dan, and I'm Jesus. And Q This is Fab Radio International. So sorry about the quality of that tape, it was the best we could do at the time. Uh, and thank you for listening to the show. I have been your host, Ed Fortune. And I've been producer Al. The Bookworm is a truly outrageous production for Starburst magazine and Fab Radio International. Presented in studio by Ed Fortune, produced by A.L. Johnson, from Blackpool Comic Con, Ed Fortune, Cy Lloyd, Rebecca Derrick, and special guests A.S. Chambers, J.S. Collier, and Nat Gosney. <laughs>